listening to the Apollo Podcast Network. One. T-minus 15 seconds. Guidance is internal. 12, 11, 10, 9. Ignition sequence start. 6, 5, 4, 3, 2, Hello and welcome to the Launchpad Podcast, presented by Clutch City Control Room, your home for all things Houston hoops. I'm one of your hosts, Britt, co-host of Step Back Sisterhood and contributor at Clutch City Control Room. And you can find me on Twitter at Britt Robotista. And I'm your second host, Akib Ghazi, longtime Houston sports fan and uh, diehard Rockets fan. And you, you can find me on Twitter at Akib underscore Rockets. And be sure to follow the official Clutch City Control Room account at Clutch City CR. And if you appreciate the podcast, do us a favor and hit the subscribe button on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever it is you listen to your podcast. We would greatly appreciate it. Well, Akib, um, it's been a very long, I feel like, I guess, 48 hours. (laughs) Yeah, 48 hours. Yeah. So this time about you know 48 hours ago i was sitting here talking to dex about the rockets um really bad loss versus the lakers when we suddenly got the alert that harden was being traded and we'll definitely get to that in the next segment but for now i want to sort of discuss what has happened that has been very positive in the last 48 hours which is the rockets 109 to 105 win versus the spurs does that sound good that sounds amazing and you know I was it was just a joy and kind of almost like a a relief watching that game. We definitely we got our mind off of you know James. I mean you can't really get your mind off of James Harden after what just transpired. But mm-hmm. definitely after watching that game, a hard fought victory for sure. You know Rockets just to like kind of summarize it all at the end. We the Rockets were down ninety nine to ninety I believe with about four and a half minutes to go, and they made a a really nice run and eventually got the win and. I love everything about that win. And I think the one thing that makes it even more, I I guess, nice to see is that we know the comments that Harden said when it came to the team just 48 or just over 48 hours ago. Um, Just to recap, because we did talk about this during the last podcast, but I think it makes sense to bring it up here considering the Rockets win. Harden said, we're just not good enough. Chemistry, talent-wise, everything. It's clear. I love the city. i literally done everything that I can. It's crazy. It's something that I don't think can be fixed. So, of course, one game is very much a small sample size (laughs) to determine if the Rockets have, in fact, have the chemistry and talent that Harden thought they did not have but what are what were your favorite moments during the game that allowed uh, that made you feel at least a little bit positive about the Rockets future well we saw multiple players go into double figures um I'm just if I'm looking at the the box score right here we saw about we had four players PJ Tucker was in double figures Christian Wood was in uh double figures um and then I think also Jay Sean Tate was in double figures as well. And one more, and that was also still Sterling Brown. Oh, he had a phenomenal game. That was a huge bright spot for me. He he had 23 points, three assists, seven, seven rebounds. He was three for seven from three. And he's been, Sterling Brown, honestly, he's been lighting it up um, all season long. Um, this was what, his 10th game 
of the season playing, I believe. And he's he's been phenomenal shooting the ball. But I just liked everyone's contribution. And then we got we had three guys score nine points each, David Noaba, Mason Jones, and Demarcus Cousins. So it felt like a it really felt like a team win tonight as opposed to you know what we've seen in the past where it's the ball is obviously dominated by James Harden and you know some a couple other key players but I just I just really like that win and I'm looking at the the stat line as well and every single player on the team who was dressed played tonight which is pretty amazing considering (laughs) our previous history with um you know most recently d'antoni um who is now reunited with harden but like (laughs) i said we'll talk about that in a later segment um my favorite part of the game was tate has been absolutely phenomenal but also i think there were a couple of moments from mason jones um one of our other rookies that were really impressive and you know some folks were calling him baby harden (laughs) because of like the mid Ranks, step backs yeah. yeah and that was fun to see even um though he's you know really only played a couple of games for the team um did you were you impressed with those two definitely mason jones because him being a rookie and i watch a little bit of college basketball and you know last season i remember him at arkansas um he, he had he actually averaged over 20 points a game which is not easy to do in the college basketball you know area so it's like mm-hmm. for me seeing mason jones get get some nice shots you know cook some guys on the way tonight i i mean it was it's kind of expected for me just knowing how good of a player mason jones is but definitely i love the showing mm-hmm. from him tonight yeah and i think the other thing that was fun about the game that happened um and sorry sorry correction not everyone played of course we only had nine te- people on the team and yeah um, but everyone who was dressed did play but the other thing that was super impressive to me is that i think we saw for the first time how silas wanted the his playbook to be played and you know unfortunately because of Harden essentially, you know, quitting more or less, if we want to be blunt about it, the last couple of games before he, you know, said his infamous words. They really seemed a lot slow when it came to, you know, the ball handling and the, you know, how sets were being performed. But tonight it was really a nice feeling. And to have every single player score, um, even Tucker, who scored 10 points, which is probably his season high, surprisingly enough, that <laughs> that's nice to see. For sure. And like with PJ Tucker, we know he still has his contract disputes. You know, he still he wants to get paid more. And like rightfully so, he's he's a veteran um, in this league and he's done so much for the Houston Rockets. Like I could see from his point of view why he wants to get paid. But if I'm, from a financial perspective for the Rockets, it's not really in your best interest to pay play. Sorry, pay PJ Tucker, you know, whatever he wants. And at, at 36 years old, it just doesn't make too, too much, you know, sense right now. But what I, what I just, just to quickly discuss like with this team i mean obviously you did mention it's one game it's a very small sample size but what i just liked was like the fight and heart from this Mm -hmm. team and they just it just seemed like the energy was so much more different um and even though we still have some things to work on in in the transition game like defensively i still just liked a lot of our defensive effort and this is not like an this is not no this spurs team is no joke really like Mm -hmm. they were i think coming into this game they were 
above 500 they're i think six and five i believe yeah so they're not and then they still have they're actually very healthy they lonnie walker uh, marcus aldridge kelton johnson demar Derozan, Dejounte murray patty mills rudy gay they're all still they're all healthy so it's interesting it's interesting to see that we were able to gut out a win here tonight especially being down nine points late in the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Yeah, early on, the Rockets had a sizable lead. And then, you know, I, I feel like like a lot of the games before Harden's trade um, and just in general, they lost that lead. And it seemed as though there may not have been a chance for them to come back. But mm-hmm. I, I agree with you. It was definitely impressive and really nice to see them, you know, grit out a win when – the Spurs, like you mentioned, yes, they're now six and six, but they have had impressive wins versus both of the LA teams and a few others as well. So it's not as though the Spurs are, I don't think they'll ever be with, um, you know, um, Popovich being the head coach and maybe even after they won't be a team to like take lightly at all. For sure. They're definitely that team that, I mean, I know they missed the playoffs last season, but you know, a lot of things transpired over the last season with COVID and um, and I'm sure they're they're still trying to identify themselves, you know, being without Kawhi Leonard for the past couple of seasons now. But, you know, they're still a very talented team. And the fact that we beat them with with these young guys, Jay Sean Tate, Sterling Brown, David Nawaba, you know, Mason Jones, Kenyon Martin like Jr., like all those guys contributed heavily to this victory. The only you could say the only negative note was Ben McLemore tonight. You know, he was he did not play his best basketball. We could see, you know, Ben McLemore as a player, he's an amazing shooter. He's one of the best shooters in the NBA, in my opinion. Um, but just the way that, you know, with, I guess with the Rockets, this team, it's very hard for you to thrive off of this silence, off, Silas offense if you're not a guy that can put the ball on the floor. And, you, you know, you definitely saw that from Ben McLemore tonight. He's He's strictly a catch and shoot guy, and when he's not making his shots, he we all know that you know he was a a team high or a team low minus seven mm-hmm. tonight. So we all know when he's not playing defense, it's very hard to play him. Yeah, uh, he was tied with Demarcus Cousins with uh, minus seven tonight. That that also makes sense because Cousins' mm-hmm. defense. Yeah, so. for sure. But I think um, real quick, I want to talk uh, again about Tate, who was a plus seventeen with thirteen points. He was, uh, like I said earlier, I thought he was absolutely wonderful. And of course, he's an NBA rookie, but he does have three years of professional experience behind him. I guess I'm I'm thrilled to see him playing so well on both ends of the court, um, which wasn't necessarily the case when he, um, earlier in his career. Yeah, yeah, Jay Shante. I mean, he he did play overseas last season, and uh, I mean, we know how good he is, uh, like offensively, that he can he can bully guys. Even though he's only what six four, six five, he can bully guys much bigger than him in the paint. So um, yeah, definitely seeing this showing from him defensively, and he's being compared to PJ Tucker by a lot of guys. It's you know, it's it's great to see from him. And he had what he had Texas tonight, thirteen mm-hmm. points, five rebounds, so and two blocks as well. So he's he's just kind of all over the place. He's like a stat sheet stuffer at this point for us. Yeah, for sure. Were the was there anything else that stood out to you um, when it came to the game? I mean, of course, you know Christian Wood. He's probably the he should be the biggest talking point. He had twenty. He gave us twenty seven and fifteen tonight. And the biggest thing to me was he shot five for seven 
from three, which is over 70%. So that was, I think that was huge. And he hit a, he hit a huge three late to actually tie the game before mm-hmm. the Rockets went up two. So that was really big and much needed. So he, he can be a big time player and it's, it was fun to see Shaq, you know, come out and just be like, you know, Hey, he's not, he did like in the post game, he did tell Christian Wood, you know, I didn't pay attention to your game much. You know, I didn't know who you were, who you were and Christian Wood straight up called him a casual. So I thought that was hilarious. <laughs> and uh, I mean, Charles also called him Woods instead of Wood, which yeah. is definitely a casual <laughs> r- remark. Um, but I have issues with the <laughs> um, inside the NBA folks, so I- I'll-, I'll keep those to myself. <laughs> yeah, I think overall it's just exciting to have something positive happen this week when it comes to the team after the two losses with the Lakers that was just I I feel like demoralizing and now we actually have to discuss the second part of why I guess a lot of us have been feeling demoralized over the last couple of weeks which is trade of James Harden and what happened there so when we come back we'll talk about that and we are back in here at the launch pad podcast presented by clutch city control room if you're liking what you're listening to please consider subscribing as well as giving us a review on itunes spotify or wherever you listen to your podcasts we would greatly appreciate it so brit so just heading into the second segment what did you think about you know some of the things that transpired with james harden his comments and then also the trade that went down with the brooklyn nets um well, currently the three-team trade with the Nets and then the Cleveland Cavaliers, and then you could say the Pacers one that's made official. But what did you think overall about this trade, Britt? Yeah, so I have been saying on Twitter for a while that the Rockets should wait until they get as close to a you know a home run is what I said, but I think as close to a good trade as possible that it didn't include trash and you know, bad assets. And I think that overall, when it comes to this trade, it wasn't too bad. So let me recap for folks who may not um, know the full particulars, especially since, um, as you mentioned, the trade that the trade initially included Indiana, but that part of the trade was removed and is was reduced from a four-team trade to a three-team trade. So quickly, um, and it's quite long, so um, forgive me for being (laughs) long-winded. The Nets received James Harden from the Rockets and a 2024 second-round pick from the Cavs. The Nets traded to the Rockets, Karis LeVert, um, Rondé Crusoe, or Crusoe's, yeah, Crusoe's, I always say his name wrong. uh, Rodion's Kruks. Okay. It's a tough one. It's a tough one for sure. (laughs) (laughs) I'm bad at names. So I'm just like, uh, I can't stand it. And three first round picks from 2022, 2024, and 2026. And four first round pick swaps for 2021, 2023, 2025, and 2027 from the Knicks. They also obtained Dante Exum. From the Cavs, who is currently injured, and um, I'm not sure what's going to happen with him, as well as a 2022 pick via Milwaukee that was um, that was originally that was from Milwaukee's trade with the Cavs. So the Cavs received Jared Allen from the Nets, as well as Tayshawn Prince, and rights to Alexander 
Visikov from the um, 57 overall pick from 2017 from the Nets. And that is more or less it. So, like I said, I, I have been thinking about it over the last 48 hours or so. Um, well, less than that, since technically speaking, the trade didn't finalize until today. Um, and we didn't really hear the full parts of the trade until, um, you know, the morning time. But I think that considering everything that has happened the last couple of hours and couple of weeks and months, to be honest, Harden essentially is poisoning the well when it came to 28 other teams and, you know, potentially saying to them, you know, under, um, you know, through back channels, of course, since that's technically tampering, that he would not um, resign with them and would likely quit. You know, or maybe not quit, but not pick up his player option when that happens in two years, as well as just his attitude, um, if I'm going to be kind. Yeah. <laughs> the last couple of games, especially, and his comments that he made Tuesday before the trade occurred. I think we can say that Raphael Stone hands were really and truly tied when it came to the situation mm -hmm. and to essentially get eight picks um four you know picks that are straight up ours and four pick swaps for um from the nets and from the cabs via the um milwaukee bucks i think that really it, as well as, you know, once it's finalized, Victor Oladipo, which we'll talk about a little bit later on, um, who will be traded um, for Karis LeVert, as well as, you know, just all the other particulars. It's not that bad. Like, it could have been better, and I think that there's a possibility, but I, I think, honestly, if we're trying to think about everything that's surrounding the trade to get, you know, as much of a return is, you know, pretty impressive in my um, viewpoint. What about you? Yeah. So, I mean, I didn't, I didn't hate the trade, obviously. I didn't, I mean, I didn't love it either. It was just, it's just kind of, it's very hard to get back, you know, any sort of return for James Harden because James Harden is an unbelievable basketball player for sure. Um, and definitely I didn't, obviously I didn't like, you know, as I discussed a little earlier, like I didn't like the way he, you know, took care of business, you know, near the end. I thought at the beginning of the season, he looked very good. First three games, he was averaging like 36, 37 points. Um, and he looked like he was going to buy in and he had some good comments about the team. And, you know, he was kind of, I guess he was leading on or misleading us in a way until these last four or five games, I guess, um, under the table, I guess things started progressing and there were trades that were lining up for James Harden. And I guess as spectators, we didn't know, we didn't know much about that, but at the same time, you know, what can you do with, uh, with regards to that? I mean, he's, but the way definitely he should not have acted, acted as such. And those comments were definitely hurtful from the team for the team. And um, you saw definitely uh, all the, his teammate or his former teammates, how hard they played tonight. So that was kind of like a, an F you in a way. Like, we're good enough to hoop, basically. But, yeah, I mean, just going into the details of the trade, like, um, I think this – it's a good trade in, in in the way that you could say that it's a very versatile trade. So, trading for, hopefully, you know, if the Rockets do end up getting Victor Oladipo, you could do, like, there's three things – three routes you could take if you're the Houston Rockets. 
the first route being you can, you know, you can have Victor Oladipo on your team for this season, play him out, try to be competitive this season. Kind of like what OKC did last season. They had some veteran guys. They played it out. They really tried hard. And then, you know, then they kind of broke up some things when they traded away uh, Chris Paul to the Phoenix Suns. Uh, but they still at the same time, they have some young talent to work off of. And we have John Wall. So you could still go into this season working hard, trying to make the playoffs. I definitely can see that happening. So that's what the I guess that's one thing that the Rockets have in mind. And then you can just kind of dissolve everything, break it up after this season. Maybe um, you could do a sign and trade with Victor Oladipo or you can let him walk entirely. Mm-hmm. Um, the second thing you can do is if you're the Houston Rockets is you can just as soon as you get Victor Oladipo, you can trade him by that March deadline um, and maybe get a player that is more committed. Because right now we, we've heard some reports that he is actually not committed to joining the Houston Rockets. Um, but that's, I mean, it's it's kind of against his will. He can't really, he can't really do anything once he's traded. Um, so that's one thing you could do is you can just trade him right away um, within, the next, within the next two months um, and then see if, you can get someone that wants to play for the Houston Rockets, maybe get a superstar or a star in return. And then you can build your future that way. And then the third thing I think you can do is just straight up, you could trade away Oladipo, you could trade away John Wall. You have a lot of assets to work with, obviously, a lot of picks for sure. Um, definitely over the course of this offseason, you know, definitely Stone has done a fantastic job but those are just different you have so many options so i think this was great in terms of like a versatility standpoint is that you can do a lot of things by making these trades happen but you know for me personally if you i'm kind of like a supporter of you know we should have brought in a younger superstar that -hmm. could definitely you could really build off of maybe like a ben simmons of course i know a lot of rockets twitter just because he's broke and he doesn't have a jump shot they kind of they kind of they kind of hate on him a little bit but i i really enjoy his game you know defensively and his passing ability and all that so i think we could have built around him despite his offensive woes um that's the route i would have taken and then you could definitely secure your future short term and long term but with this other trade that the rock the houston rockets have made it's more of like a long-term thing and banking on the nets being bad you know in 2025 and 2027 so um, i'm not a big fan of that you know drafting your way i'm more of like a trades guy the best teams in, in my opinion in the nba are all made up based off of trades so but i guess the other thing if i'm gonna take devil's advocate on it is that sure the you know teams like the warriors the raptors have grown their talent organically um you know steph curry and clay before you know his injuries and um draymond green they all started from um you know good drafting decisions by the warriors um and then for the raptors um i mean you can look at you know the players there outside of you know uh outside of a couple who were able to, I mean, and of course, you know, the big person that is no longer on the team and currently is in um, Clipperland, but more or less, I I can see the drawbacks and the positives of both. There are, if we do have a good scouting staff, we can, you know, hopefully be able to convert those picks to really good players um, through drafting. Um, But we can also use those picks to eventually 
you know, do trades as well. Like that's one of the things that was sort of lacking when it came to Maury in the last few years because of all sure. of his dark jockeying between um, and, you know, adding adding a ton of picks part of trades, you know, most notably the Chris Paul one. It has, it caused the Rockets to not really have any sort of assets to assist with trades. So it those can be used as well. Um, and real quickly before we end this segment, I think the other thing that I want to discuss quickly, um, speaking of Daryl Morey, is that we heard from some reports, I think most notably CBS Sports that the Rockets were given a proposal of a trade for Simmons as well as a few other players and significantly less picks than the ones that were provided to the Rockets through the trade with the Nets. And I guess the one thing we should note is that Felicia Stone, who's Raphael Stone's wife, she said this was quote unquote Fox or um fake news that uh-huh. Tillman um, denied that request because he didn't want to work with Daryl Morey. But let's assume that it is true because I, I think it's probably, the story's probably something in the middle. Um, do you think that the deal that the that was potentially propo- or proposed by the Sixers what could have been a better deal? I mean, it sounds like you may be um, may think so. Yeah, so I mean, had they thrown in Ben Simmons and Matisse Thybul, or maybe even Ben Simmons and Tyrese Maxey, and maybe a pick or two, like I would have definitely been more on board with that than, um, despite you know Rockets Twitter lashing out <laughs> against the thought of that, I would have been more on board with it just because I think it secures your future a little more, and I really like Tyrese Maxey, and I think if the Rockets pushed hard for it, I think it could have gotten done, but. Yeah, we'll just qu- give like a quick shout out to, you know, our guy, Anthony Duckett. So he, I mean, it was Felicia Stone who commented on his tweet, you know, mm-hmm. saying that that whole thing was fake news. I don't know if it's fake news or not. Like I could definitely, we can all see Tillman being that guy and being a little petty and not wanting to, you know, talk about or not even wanting to discuss a trade uh, because he probably just doesn't like the way Dale Morey, you know, left things in Houston. But we will talk about basically what, you know, what's in store for the Rockets in the future and, you know, what's up with this Victor Oladipo trade that still has not been made official yet. And we'll discuss that with you all in just a moment. And we're back here at the Launchpad Podcast presented by Clutch City Control Room, where we're going to discuss the Rockets' future as well as the incoming, and it may be actually official by the time that you listen to this podcast, addition to Victor Oladipo. So I think the one thing that we have to spend a little bit more time on, although we talked about it in the second segment, was that Victor Oladipo according to rumors, is very much interested in being a member of the Miami Heat, which it seems like everyone wants to be a member of the Miami Heat. So, (laughs) Akib, what do you think Victor Oladipo is going to do? And do you think he's going to buy in, at least for this season, when it comes to the Rockets, once that trade is made official? Well, I mean, it's kind of, it's right now it's all speculation and, I mean, we never know what goes on with these reports, but yeah, the report did say that he wanted to join the Miami. He, he wanted to be traded there instead um, of the Houston Rockets. And I think he didn't want to be he actually expressed that he would not want to be a Houston Rocket, which is, I mean, which is fine. We still don't know like how much of that is 
exactly true and maybe he does change his mind but as of right now like it's not official we have Karis LeVert for now um that's one option I think it's it'd be kind of I don't know if that would even be possible to you know hold on to Karis LeVert if something happens and this trade doesn't go down but you know we've seen stranger things happen in the NBA where you know where we have Shams or Waj report some things and for some reason it didn't go through I mean 99.9 percent it always works out uh, for for the t- for those reports being made true and being made official later on. But we still don't know what's going on with with Victor Oladipo. And it seems like everybody, like you said, kind of wants to go to the Miami Heat. And I could definitely see why. Like they have that winning culture, that winning mentality, that hard work and play defense, grit and grind type mentality. And Victor Oladipo is that type of player. You know, he's excellent offensively for sure he's he's this season he's actually averaging 20 points a game um, i think which is his, this might be his second highest points per game average um in his career mm. um but he's also shooting 36 percent from three which is great uh, on pretty you know high volume decent volume so he's playing great offensively he's not looking like you know the injured shell of himself that he was looking like last season um, but then also just because of his defense, I'm sure Miami Heat is a team that interests him a lot. And I'm sure he wants to also compete for a championship team, which definitely the Miami Heat are a little further ahead than the Houston Rockets are um, in that regard. But, I mean, what do, you, what do you think plays out, you know, it's once it's, you know, hopefully when it's made official, um, do you think, Britt, that he does, like, buy in to this Houston Rockets team? Or do you think he just kind of gets sat out and gets traded i think that the biggest thing that he needs to do is like he'll have to at least buy in this season the reason why is because he'll be an unrestricted free agent at the end of the season and he's looking to get paid so mm-hmm. i think that for you know the sake of him getting paid either in houston or wherever um Houston will obtain his bird rights, you know, once that trade, you know, if it is um, made official, so they won't have to, you know, they can, they can sign him for much larger than other teams that um, would be trading for him. But the thing that I I think is a little bit different compared to Harden is that Oladipo hasn't been paid yet. And there's millions of dollars of reasons to have him, you know, at least buy in and show some worth, even if it's just for a short period of time until they, you know, the heart, you know, the Rockets could potentially trade him before the trade window ends. So we got details that once the trade is finalized, they won't be able to aggregate his contract until March 5th um, and maybe Mm -hmm. March 6th now, since the trade hasn't finalized yet. But once the trade has, or once that, time frame has um, elapsed they can aggregate him with another player such as pj tucker who has been rumored to be a um, player that the rocket or that wants to move to a contender for you know very obvious reasons so and get and he wants to get paid yeah and get paid i mean i i i think I mean, I, I hate to go over to PJ Tucker since we were talking about Old Depot, but I'll put a pen on what I was saying about Old Depot. When it comes to Tucker, I feel like, especially after tonight, and this may change because we saw it change with Harden, that he's at least professional enough to play well 
during that time. And I think the Rockets will be more willing to accommodate him if he does decide that he wants to move on. But the Rockets could also sign him. Who knows? Um, you know, all we know is that Tillman tends to not want to make deals until it's, you know, the player decides that they will or the player or the coach wants to go out, but I don't want to go into another tangent, but let me get back to Oladipo um, <laughs> real fast. Yeah. I think ultimately he needs to at least buy in during the time that he's here. If he does eventually get traded, that's probably fine. But if he wants to get paid in the long term, either by the Rockets or anyone else, then yes, they're going. He's going to have to at least show a little bit of commitment. Because ultimately he's traded and he will be fined if he decides to sit out. I think he, well, with with Victor Oladipo, I think he knows this and most of the entire league knows this, that this offseason is going to be due for a lot of huge paydays. You know, mm-hmm. it's going to, we're going to see a, a higher rate or an inflation per se of like salaries and of, you know, these contracts. We're going to see like players that, you know, we even have John Collins, who's, who's currently on the Atlanta Hawks. He actually refused a deal that was on the table for him for i want to say like around four four years 80 mm-hmm. miller could be less than that but yeah, his rookie he refused extension. that deal that extension yeah so he refused that deal just so that he can get paid in a in a max deal i don't think he's a max player but you know we've seen some some ludicrous some ludicrous contracts being thrown out there you know over the last couple of seasons so i definitely can see players like john collins you know getting significant contracts as you know just just like Victor Oladipo probably wants to see himself getting a very nice max contract Um, and I'm sure he believes he's still talented enough you could see from his numbers this season already to start start started off I think he's played in nine or ten games and he's averaging 20 a game so he he's probably thinking to himself hey I'm I'm a very good defensive player I'm a 20 points per game type score why why don't i get a nice contract so he's probably seeking the contract and a place where he can compete for a championship um over this offseason so i could definitely see why he doesn't want to be a houston rocket you know right now but i do think for him it's it's probably in his best interest like long term that he kind of just gets traded you know you know hoops balls out and gets a good nice hefty contract just he just has to buy in at least for this season and and I think he should give Silas a chance you know Silas he's an excellent coach I've I've not heard one bad thing about him um, from any player and even Harden and Westbrook they're the ones apparently Silas had said that they're the ones who um, kind of gave the word at the end to just hire him so um, clearly, the whole league has a lot of respect for him, and I I do think Victor Oladipo should give Steven Silas a chance just just because he's a phenomenal coach, and uh, we've seen what he's done in the past as an assistant coach, and now we're seeing what he can do as the coach of the Houston Rockets. Yeah, and I think the other thing that may allow him to buy in more as well is the win tonight yes of course it's like we mentioned a couple of times a small sample size but i think them showing the grit that they showed and actually having a relatively low scoring game considering that it is the rockets and they've had previous like you know 125 plus games already this season it's nice to see them i think showing that even without Victor that they can be successful um, if he can buy in 
can probably motivate him or if this trade doesn't happen, Levert or whoever to, you know, sort of buy in for the short term. But of course, I mean, we could see a trade anytime and they can start tanking. So everything's up in the air. But I think it was at least very positive to see that the team didn't give up, um, at least for one game. Definitely. And tonight was, you know, a great example of that. And I think we're going we're gonna to hope as Rockets fans and just, you know, basketball fans in general that you, there are players that see this Rockets team and see, you know, the potential that's kind of brewing out of this team. And, you know, once you get Eric Gordon back, Eric Gordon is another player. We don't know what's going to happen. He could very well be traded as well. But once we get him back, John Wall, uh, potentially like Daniel House back, um, we can definitely see, you know, the other players can other players can see across the NBA how good of a team or how potentially how good this team can be and, you know, give us some respect. Yeah. And I think the last thing real fast is, um, I mean, speaking of small sample size, do you think that the Rockets can continue to be at least sort of successful moving forward? Um, I mean, I, I think that even though it was very unprofessional and just like callous what Harden said. I think if we're being realistic, the, you know, it's going to be a lot harder road for them to be successful in the playoffs and definitely a championship contender, probably not. But do you think that they have an opportunity to be successful regardless of that, or at least, you know, maybe even be in the playing game or even higher than that? Well, as it stands right now, we're only one game behind the Spurs who are currently the eighth seed. And of course, there's a whole lot of basketball left. And I definitely see our ceiling with this team um, because we're only we're only two two games away from the fifth seed Dallas Mavericks. So I definitely see like our ceiling being a four or five seed potentially. Um, That's definitely going to be our ceiling. I don't think we're going to be better, much better than that. That'll be it'll be very difficult to see. But that's our ceiling. And also just we should be able, I mean, with this with this group of guys, with this defense, with the hustle, maybe and the tr- um, over the trade deadline, picking up an extra veteran big. Uh, I think we can very well see this Houston Rockets team, you know, make the playoffs or make it into a playing game. So definitely, you, you know, you guys out there, you Rockets fans and non and Rockets haters, if you're <laughs> listening, you know, don't sleep on this team. You know, we got we got some good players. We got some hu- guys that can hustle and, you know, definitely give you guys a run for your money for sure. Yeah, no, I definitely agree. And I think the other thing that is positive that, yes, it's going to be a hard road, but the league outside of the Lakers and a few other teams is really bunched up on both, you know, on the East and at the, on the West side um, of the bracket and the Rockets, if they can just be decent, I would say like, you know, maybe like a above 500 uh, mark. um, So they're not losing every other game for the rest of the season. They can definitely be in there um, and at least competing for a playoff spot. And they don't have to tank. They really don't, at least not this season. And I think it's probably worthwhile for coach Silas and everyone else to have that. But I think that'll do it for today's show. So if you haven't done so already, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your podcast. And if you appreciate the consistent digital and podcast breakdowns, analysis, speculation, and guest voices of our team, please consider clicking the link in the description to check out 
one of our monthly Patreon subscription options. As always, thank you so much for listening, and we look forward to having you back on our next episode of Launchpad Podcast, covering your Houston Rockets.